Welcome back to the channel, guys. SES Vince here. And uh, this is Bashar. I'm looking forward to talking ball. It's been a while. Yeah, man. Uh, we haven't talked Bulls basketball together for a while. There's been a little bit of positive and negative developments. Bulls went on a four-game win streak, then followed that up by losing two in a row. Yeah, uh, but two competitive games for once. And against uh, two really good teams, even though one of them was uh, without like its three best players. But, you know. Uh, the, the Denver Nuggets, defending who, champs. Who, who were they missing besides Murray and Jokic? Well, in the second half, I count KCP. Uh, Porter, uh, he, uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope didn't come back. Like he uh, got injured at some point in the first half, and then they right. started. I don't remember who they started in the second half, but it was looking good. They were only down seven at the half with uh, no Jokic, no Murray, no KCP. You're thinking maybe they'd mount a comeback there. I didn't get a chance to actually watch the Denver Nuggets game, but I did see the or hear. That supposedly, like their effort in the second half was just it. It, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like the beginning of the year when it was mm. uh, such desultory basketball that it made me really want to just stop watching <laughs> basketball. Like I, it was, it was really demoralizing. Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't really even. I don't think we want to talk about much of it at all from the beginning because it was no. so bad. But no. yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was just like they didn't seem to have like in in the four game winning streak that you mentioned mm -hmm. uh coinciding with Zach going out though not entirely because of Zach going out I want to in my opinion we'll we'll talk about with it with Zach's injury yeah Zach's injury um it wasn't it wasn't that level of effort cuz they were really showing in those in those four games and in the Milwaukee game uh after that that they were kind of that attacking swarming defense we got used to when they made the run into the play-in games last year mm -hmm. that you know with Caruso and everyone just flying around on defense and Kobe White really coming into his own they didn't have that energy but they were also not like completely lackluster they were playing they just didn't seem to like seize the moment with yeah. those stars out and so many like DeAndre uh dude DeAndre Jordan playing like he's barely played this year he could he's barely able to play he hasn't played big minutes and I don't know, a year and a half. And with him having to play almost the entire second half, you really thought they would just go and attack him and take advantage of that, but it didn't happen. They never tend to usually capitalize on a mismatch when they actually have them. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I saw, uh, like, I kept hearing and seeing online and everywhere else that they were just kind of like going through the mar for the offense like mostly throughout the game and they didn't really go through Vooch, even though I think he finished with 26 points. You know, that's, that, that, that's kind of true. It was kind of on Vooch. In fact, why don't we use that? Because I, we'll, I want to get back to that DeMar talking point. You want to talk yeah. about this four game win streak and like, right. What I liked went? about that four game win streak, dude, is that we saw like the slow crescendo and emergence of Kobe White just coming into his own offensively and as a leader, he's able to get his bucket in the in like in transition, going to the basket. He's also been shooting a lot bit better. He has a bit of a bulls uh, three point shooting streak going right now of making three or more three pointers per game. What what is it at like I, twelve or thirteen games in a row? Yeah, uh, previous record holder was like Lowry, I believe, and then. Uh, yeah, so Noble has hit three or more three-pointers in more consecutive games now than him. But mm -hmm. he's also – it's not just that. its um, He's shooting with volume, as we always wanted uh, him and especially Zach to do. Because coming up until now, Kobe White's 
we all think of him as a good three-point shooter, and he is. He's been a good three-point shooter, but he, he hasn't been a lights-out three-point shooter the way Zach yeah. has, right? Like, he's actually shot more around 35%. I didn't pull up the stats right now, but he's been, you know, roughly around 35 to 37 at his high percentage-wise because he has those cold streaks. He has up-and-down games. He'll have, like, a game where he goes, you know, four of six, then a game where he goes two of nine or whatever. Um, but this one, he's been shooting over 50% for this entire time. It's yeah. amazing. Like great this. efficiency yeah. it's he, he just seems so poised he and what a lot of people i mean didn't really notice a lot last year but it's more prevalent now this year is his effort on defense his ability to just go in front of guys and take a charge throw his body at others like he's made a couple times like where he's made saves got in a good defensive stop moving his feet like the, the one bright side in this whole like gloom and doom season of the Bulls has been the development of Kobe White, especially once Zach went out. He was able to like have more of a green light, so to speak. Patrick Williams, too, in the yeah. games I've been able to see, he's, he's actually better. he's been better. He's been he's impactful, been... which he hasn't been in most games. He would have like one game where you felt an impact from him and then three games where you felt he little would disappear. to nothing. Yeah. You just disappear in, in like the offense. He'd be a non-factor, but you see him cutting to the basket, making efforts, second, third efforts on the offensive glass, defensive glass as well, finishing at the rim a lot more. Well, you know, with, with, well, let's, let's stay on Kobe for a sec, man. Cause I think, well, we talked about it last year when we, we recorded several podcasts where we talked about how much better Kobe white was. In fact, I think we talked, we, I'm, I'm sure we talked about that last play-in game, the one that they lost to yeah. Miami um, when they had a lead with like a few minutes to go and Kobe was taken out. And Kobe was so good on defense. He was a positive, and it, I, I think it really hurt the Bulls, and that's the reason they lost the game. But his defensive improvement really came last year. His ball handling improvement came last year. Um, and then you just wanted to see sort of the consistency and the, the decision-making, right, and the ability right. to like guide an offense. And that's what's come around this year. And we saw it in preseason, and we were kind of all like, "We'll thinking, see if it actually lasts throughout." Yeah, like, well, we so we thought maybe the season would would start off so much better because we would have a, you know Kobe like a more solid point guard, and we'd have a healthy Zach, and then it just it didn't like Kobe wasn't hitting shots. He didn't quite take control of games at that point yet. He was better, mm -hmm. but he wasn't taking control of games the way he is now. And that's what I like is he's got the offense. And even in, in some instances, the defense, because he's pointing out mistakes to guys afterwards and holding them accountable mm -hmm. after plays. You'll see him like go up and talk to people, even Pat or whoever else, and and be like, "No, hey, you were supposed to, you know, rotate there or get back or whatever the case was." He's he is like truly becoming a point guard and and yeah, like guiding the team, which is cool. And he's again on offense. It's not just that he's hitting shots and he's he's has better ball handling. But he is able to do the normal point guard things. He'll probe, he'll drive, then he'll come back out. He'll be like, okay, we didn't have anything. What I wanted to set up wasn't there. He'll he'll move guys around an offense. And that's like that's that's huge, man. It, it's the type yeah. of thing that we always wanted Zach to do because Zach is Zach is that level of shooter that Kobe is is showing, except right. Zach has been that and and even better, especially with his mid mid-range game and yeah. finishing ability, right? But Zach just cannot a handle the ball the way Kobe's been doing. B mm -hmm. his decision making has never gotten better the way Kobe's has because they like let's be honest they both started out not started out but when Kobe came to the team 
They had mm. some of the same weaknesses. Defense, right. decision-making, ball handling, right? Correct. But Zach never really got better. He got a little better at some of those things. Like he's not atrocious defensively anymore. He's his decision making's a bit better up until this year. Um, but you yeah. know, he did he, not the way Kobe has. Kobe now his ball handling improved. Zach couldn't can't do what Kobe's doing, like no. in terms of ball handling. The the issue with Zach right now is that he just looks completely mentally and physically just checked out. Because it, it's it's. It's a thing where, yeah, his decision making hasn't been the best, but it's it doesn't feel like he's actually looking for his teammates, playing for his teammates, and that's what you're seeing from Kobe White ever since like last year. It started last year, and it's picked up with intensity this year. Like like I said, his leadership skills, his like awareness on the courts, his court vision, his aggressiveness at attacking the basket. Because one thing you saw from him was him taking wide open shots or taking three point shots, but you never saw him like play, make, and try to attack the basket and be aggressive to get his shot. And you could argue that one of the reasons why they lost that game in Milwaukee is uh, because they went away from Kobe White on offense and started going back to ISO DeMar ball yeah, in the fourth man. quarter, especially when he was struggling so very mightily to just even get a bucket or even get fouled. I thought like the only reason, like, some of those DeMar possessions even came out even slightly positive is because he get like a last minute whistle from the refs and then get bailed out. Yeah. I mean, he's a great foul drawer and like his ability to like create a shot when there is no shot is, yeah. you know, again, elite still. But the, the, the issue is the shots he creates are difficult shots. They're lower percentage shots. And if he yeah. doesn't get draw the foul, they're tough shots to hit and tough shots to rebound because the defense isn't moving around. Everybody's in position. You know, the bigs are down low and, and the guards are able to box out or, or crash the glass as well for the, for the defensive team. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's pretty much a one or one and done when DeMar takes that shot, when you're able to, to collapse the defense and get and draw like the big over like Kobe's been doing, yeah. you know, that's when you can even get rebounding opportunities. And that I think is a more dynamic offense. So yeah, you're right, dude. Like definitely. It's not that DeMar is bad. He's good. He's really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. The problem is I think Kobe is now at a level, especially with where the season's at, is I want to see him make those decisions at the end of games yeah. like he did during the winning streak. And he made great decisions finding Caruso, you know, hitting the shot himself, pulling out for like just sick, like long, long three-point shots, you know, step backs to right. tie the game with the shot clock running out. Um, and I want to see... That's what Kobe can do that DeMar, when he's in that position, is going to pretty much just get his own shot. Or if he does draw like a, a second defender, then he might swing it. But it's not the same, same type of creation that Kobe's capable of. No, no, not not really even close to it. Because like you were mentioning with DeMar, it's mostly just he get he's getting his shot, but it feels like it's in in detriment to the rest of the offense because the ball isn't moving it's sticking to him and granted yeah sometimes in the closing moments of a, of a fourth quarter in the game you want to just be able to have a guy that you can just give the ball to and be like get us a bucket yeah however like like with kobe kobe he's able to set up other guys like i feel like the best like times that i've seen vucevic be involved in the offense is when Kobe is running the offense. He's facilitating, trying to find him, trying to get him into get a uh, good scoring position. 
So that's the other thing, too, is that I think he's helping a lot of Vucevic game, helping out with his confidence because his confidence has been drastically down. And this year has probably been his worst shooting season with the Bulls, maybe of his entire career. Especially like, yeah, in, in the paint and stuff, which I mean, he's always had some issues finishing, but not the way he's been this year. With yeah, no, I think he's just in his own head. And it's kind of hard to not be in your own head when you have Zach Levine having the ball, hoisting up step back threes. Kobe was doing that as well, like early on in the season. I've seen him slowly go away from that. But it's one of those things where I feel like you see bad habits in the workplace and you see that they're not being addressed or called out by management. So you just kind of do the same thing unintentionally, yeah. like unst- like uninstinctly. You just start doing the same things that you see. And then now that Zach's out of the uh, out of the lineup, now they have to rely on each other a little bit more to get the ball movement, get the offense flowing, because they can't just rely to get Zach the ball. Yeah, get us a shot. And because that was another thing, they just got ball uh, got stuck ball watching, and without Zach there, like I said. Nothing against Zach. He's a great offensive player. He has his limitations and his flaws. However, I think the only reason why they're winning is because it's an addition by subtraction. If they had other guys that can go ahead and like crash the board, shoot some threes, I think this team is just fine. I don't think they'll be like a top playoff contender, but they'd be in the mix for a playing seed if this is how they were planning to start things off. Yeah, uh, you can argue that the the middle and the of the East is so jumbled up, and most teams are so bad in there. You know, from Atlanta to um, Toronto, you know, they're, they're all kind of in this morass together. Yeah, um, Charlotte was right there up until you know the ball injury. Now they've fallen behind even more. Um, mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, I actually think I I'm not sure. I think it was a big coincidence with Zach going out. It definitely helped. Because it, you, Kobe had no choice but to take right. the ball, but I had kind of seen it coming around. Even in, um, you know, some of the games they lost, where they made those comebacks, where Kobe was starting to attack more and, and kind of guide the offense more. I think, I, I really don't think that the problem, like having Zach on the floor now, mm-hmm. would really disrupt what Kobe's doing. Because I think yeah. now what you found is that the ball should be in Kobe's hands Mm -hmm. because that was the problem before you put the ball in DeMar's hands and it's slow isolation ball. And you know where that's going and it's going to be a mid range or, or a swing out of that mid range in the very limited offense. Right. Right. You know, or you gave it to Zach and what would happen with Zach, you know, tunnel vision, he kind of makes a decision beforehand. He's not, He's not selfish. He's not actually just gunning. The thing mm-hmm. is, he makes up his mind a lot of times on pass or shoot, or he just does that, like, put your head down drive where he loses the ball. He doesn't have the ball handling ability that Kobe does. No. He, he just can't control the ball when, maybe on one-on-one, but as soon as the defense collapses on him, that ball is getting poked away because he doesn't have the ball and, handling And that's the, the most thing, it, that's the thing that most frustrates me with Zach Levine's offense, especially when he's attacking the basket and driving in the lane. Is the fact that he does get the ball the ball poked out of his hands so many so, so, much. so yeah. much. And on top of that, when he does get to the basket, he just like misses at the rim. I don't know what upsets me more. It's seeing Zach Levine, Zach Levine miss a layup right in point blank range, or see Vucevic once again miss a fucking hook shot, or like yeah. not properly post up a smaller guy on him. 
Yeah. Um, that's again, I think, I think so now there's a, there's a different, there's a complete, it's not a third option. Now the entire offense at the end of the game should be different. It should be Kobe yeah. white and he can determine. And what Kobe can, can do that we couldn't do before is both what Zach and DeMar. So he, he can dribble the way Zach can't right. Yeah. And decision make better than Zach. Now Yeah, he can do both of those things. And uh, unlike DeMar, he has the speed and shiftiness to really pull the defense away. So now I think Zach, if he were to play again, which, you know, we'll get to um, for the Bulls, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, have him just standing there with his hands out like this every time, like when mm -hmm. DeMar has it, you know, just waiting for that pass or taking the ball himself and just dribbling into traffic uh, or dribbling off his leg. Now you would have him like more dynamic because Kobe is going to smooth the defense all over. And I think like Zach can play off of that much better than, 100%. you know, when, when he was just standing waiting for DeMar to drive into the middle post area and then, you know, see whether or not he got a kick out. Uh, I think this suits him better. I, the problem here is I like DeMar. I like having, and I, even without, without, whether it's DeMar or not, I like the idea of not just um, a veteran leader, but like a still pretty close to elite shot maker, you know, for, yeah. uh, you know, in the mid range in isolation um, alongside these young guys so that they can still, you know, go to them at the end of the shot clock. Like, like you said, it, it's not that I want to give DeMar the ball. I don't want to give DeMar the ball at the end, of, at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give DeMar the ball at the beginning of the shot clock at the end of the game. Yeah. I want them to give DeMar the ball once Kobe tries to create a play or, mm -hmm. or a shot and can't. And now there's like eight to six seconds left. Well, now you throw it to DeMar because that's the best shot you can get with eight, right. eight seconds or left on the shot clock. And at, the, and at that point, you've expended your your options. And now you're like, okay, that option's there. Right. Let me go to it now before it's too late. But more Yeah, times because when you give it to DeMar with 24 seconds left, you're not likely to get a much different shot than when you give it to him with eight seconds. It's going to be pretty much the same shot. Right. Unless like he he's able to get deep a post position, gets doubled, and then he kicks it out to a shooter, right. which he's done. Obviously, yeah. he probably has the assist of the season with yeah. that, that kick. That, the that one where he jumped in the air and like yeah. threw it. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. But yeah, you know what? One of the things that made the Bulls offense work uh, a season and a half ago or however long it feels like, it feels like an eternity now. But when Lonzo Ball played, that's what he was doing. Yeah. And he was doing the things that Kobe White is able to do. Um, I actually think, well, I think like Kobe's a better half court point guard than Lonzo was now. And it's Lonzo, funny to say. Lonzo was actually a better full court. He, like, yeah. He's the kind of yes. guy that he's going to get you a a free easy bucket because he's able to do those touchdown type passes. Yeah. You know? and, and with his length, he can drive like mm -hmm. on, on bigger guys. Yeah. But Kobe white, I feel like he's a better on ball creator, especially on the, in the one-on-one -on -one situation. I don't really trust Lonzo has the, the ball handling that Kobe white has shown thus far. So you're right, man. If Zach Levine were to step back onto the uh, court with a bulls Jersey on, him and Kobe, I feel like, work very well together, as we saw in their stints during, unfortunately, the Jim Boylan era days. But th they were one of the few bright spots 
in those teams that they were able to work together. Kobe White has exceeded expectations this season in terms of his game, man. Yeah, but, no, he's he's done everything. And uh, I, I really like going forward. I really want the ball to. So what in the DeMar point, my concern is like if DeMar was coming to the team now, mm-hmm. I think it would be more understood. Like he'd be more ready to be like, oh, yeah, the ball is in Kobe's hands at the end of games. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to help these this young guy and play off him. But because he's been here and been that elite end of game, you know, uh, uh ball handler basically yeah. like ball in his hands you know dictating yeah. the play guy I, I i wonder if he's going to be able to do that because it we may be better off trying to get like a different sort of vet of that guy because i'm not sure demar as unselfish as he is and as helpful as he is to the young guys mm-hmm. it's tough because this is the team the same team you've been on in the same place right? right so your mindset to change it and be like oh no at the end of games now i'm, I'm gonna like defer to this guy right it's gonna be difficult like him like it is. It, it's a hundred percent going to be uh, an adjustment period for him, but he did come back in that second game as part of that four game streak, and he was humming and hoeing with the rest of the team. They were yeah. able to get what they needed to get, and yeah. it was it was just working. So we'll see how things go. Obviously, like I said, it, the end of that Milwaukee Bucks uh, game did not go as planned. Well, again, that's because I think Demar, like it was one of those premium games with the Bucks, and he was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, he, you know, he was feeling the, the I, this is a win for the taking. I have to take it. He's right. not quite at the at the level where he's like, oh, this is the ball goes to Kobe White here. Mm-hmm. You know? No, and I think that's what he needs to really do is he needs to really like sit there and reflect and realize that in these moments you have to trust Kobe White. And I think that's going to keep progressing as the season progresses itself. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, I've I've liked some positive development I've seen out of Patrick Williams. Julian Phillips has... Uh, He's actually has gotten uh, playing time, yeah. Some playing time, and I already like him better than Dalen Terry. <laughs> Dude, he's been... he's It's weird, man. Dalen Terry's basically like just almost a lottery pick he was picked like 17 lottery is the first 14 picks for Mm -hmm. a lottery pick in his third year to still not even like warrant any rotation minutes like even at the end dude you know is he's gonna he's gonna fall down in bulls wing history and he's gonna go in the tony snell denzel valentine chandler hutchinson wings denzel valentine was another level of crazy though because he believed he was basically as good as kobe is now right right like so that made it worse i At still remember i still remember that oh, d3 man. He don't took. even bring up that play it's ridiculous fucking valentine man that no, one but... that one probably broke zach permanently like he might have been like he might have reached the level we always wanted him to reach were it not for that play like break right. giving him an aneurysm yeah yeah 100 percent but yeah, so we've seen some positive stuff. One negative thing that I've seen, unfortunately, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that there's too many guards to go around. Obviously, you have Isle, who is still, like, even in, in limited minutes, he's still able to get some good rotation minutes. With I think, the, yeah, with I think Isle is a solid rotation player yeah, right now. Obviously, even with the, with the aforementioned Tony Snell line he had uh, a few games ago. Unfortunately, but it's okay. It was it, it was what it was. You also have Caruso, like I said. Then you have Kobe White. Javon Carter, I feel like he's been struggling with his shot. 
Yeah, it's weird because at the beginning of the year, he was like the only one who could shoot. Yeah. And we were like begging. We're like, this is your new signing. Why isn't he just play him more? He's the only guy crossing half court and putting right. up threes and actually hitting them. Yeah, and he was taking them with confidence. And yeah. now I don't know what's happened. I don't know what it is. I think maybe he just needs more consistent playing time. He's a I mean, guy. He's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised because we're we're recording this on the fourteenth. By the time this goes up, it will be the fifteenth, so he would be eligible to be traded. I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved in some sort of trade. I, if, I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. not not really because of him, but just because of where this team is. Mm-hmm. If they can, if they can get you know any assets right now with how right. how poor their their cupboard is in terms of like draft picks they don't forget about their own their first round picks that we've discussed to, you know mm-hmm. which they really only owe one going forward right now uh next year to san antonio top 10 protected they don't have any second round picks like they, they have no none. no they don't and you've seen with all the deals at the deadline last year and over the summer this past off season like those help get deals done for like you know yeah players who could be in the rotation <laughs> the Phoenix Suns were able to like get a lot, a lot of stuff done with all their second round yeah. picks that they could even muster. So right. yeah, yeah, we sh- hopefully we're able to get some draft capital. Uh, let's look into like the rest of the Bulls schedule. Obviously, this is being recorded in the middle of the Bulls versus the Miami Heat, the first of two back to back matchups with the Miami Heat. Both of them in Miami, however. Ironic. Yeah, well, they played two in Chicago earlier. Remember, uh, leading into the the play-in tournament, I completely basically. forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Yeah, weird schedule, but I think the NBA is just one of their new uh, experiments to limit travel, just scheduling you know multiple games in the same city. I mean, it makes sense. You see that in other sports, especially in soccer, where all the matchups you have with a specific team, you get those out of the way, and then you right. move on to different sections. Yeah, like it's weird for globe. us because in the NBA, we're so used to seeing a team early and then late and, you know, different times right. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in one aspect, it works out well for the team, but also in another aspect, like let's say they face the Miami Heat, like we're talking about tonight, and then they have two games down the road after the trade deadline, that team could look completely different. Right. Like, like you could have like had a winning record against them to start the season. They make some sort of like midseason trade, face them in the playoffs, and then come to find out this isn't the same team, and they're able to get the the upper hand on you. You know? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, imagine having to play Brooklyn like four times before the trade deadline last year with Kevin Durant, you know, dominating, and then you know after the trade deadline, everybody who plays them, you know, plays that stripped down roster. Right. So. Uh, okay, so Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls, we're at halftime right now. The Bulls are up by four, 60 to 56. I completely forgot that the Bulls were playing at this time. I thought they were going to be playing a little bit later, like 730. Uh, I was I was mistaken. So we'll see yeah. how this game turns out. Uh, if I had to guess, I mean, it looks good right now, but it is. The yeah, Bulls. there's no Bam we'll out of bio. So, you know, that that's a. Oh, that's big, that's a plus. That's a plus. Yeah, they did a big, have a double-digit lead. They were almost up by 20, 20 points before they let the Miami Heat come back and make a run. Because it course. did. It's Miami. You know, it's an Eric Spolstra-led team. Honestly, in my opinion, he's the best current NBA active head coach. So yeah, obviously, no you expect that from a Miami Heat-led team. Uh, so we'll be watching after halftime once we we're done here talking. But they're playing the Miami Heat again on Saturday. Um. 
any thoughts on how the Bulls will fare against Miami Heat? I want them to at least get split the matchups. Yeah, split at least, you know. And I, I would want that even with Bam because I, I, the way they've been playing of late, like even yeah. against, you know, uh, basically full-strength Milwaukee team and, and taking down, you know, teams like the Pelicans and their win streak and stuff. Uh, I, I, without Bam, man, there's a really good chance here to get two. And you really have to, especially considering the fact that they let that Bucks game get away. That they Yeah. Should, they really seem like they should have won. Once they got to overtime, I thought they had a chance, but then like once they actually got to the overtime, it's all, like it's almost like they forgot what it is that got them to that point in the game. You know, well that that is like how uh, the win streak started, right? Is they they played uh, they played it was the Bucks, right? They played them, they played yeah, the Bucks yeah. without DeRozan or Levine, and, yeah. and and took them with that Caruso shot to go to overtime and. Kobe hitting that crazy step back and yeah, just so they, you know, one, one overtime game lost one. That's not bad, but you have an opportunity here seeing as to how, you know, how, how tough the schedule is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. and then also how badly you've performed so far. You kind of, this is a great opportunity to take two. It's going to be tough with both games in Miami and right. again, playing Spolstra and Jimmy Butler, but uh, we'll see. So, is, is he just out for the first game against the Bulls, or is he out for both games? I, I don't, he hasn't been ruled out from what I understand. I think it's it's game to game right now. All right. So working an assumption, he's not available in the first matchup. Second matchup, there's a possibility there. So you have to take advantage. So let's hope, fingers crossed, I'm going to say the Bulls pick this one up. Uh, barely scra- scraping away with the victory. They might give it away to Miami again. However, it would be nice to get two in a row, especially because then they face the Philadelphia 76ers on Monday. And that's going to be a tough matchup because ever since they got rid of Harden, or honestly, they didn't really play him much. I think he maybe like checked in one game or two. No, they, he didn't, they didn't play him in the regular season at all. It was uh, preseason? Yeah, preseason. Even then, I, I I don't think he actually played. He sat on the bench. Well, there so you go. It, it, yeah. The this Sixers team minus Harden has been has been playing well, so that's not going to be an easy matchup. I'm gonna say the Bulls lose that one. I don't yeah, think it's tough, man. Maxi's uh all star right now. Uh, Embiid is is currently just playing unbelievable. I think they yeah. have the best point differential in the league for at the moment, or something, something close to that. You're probably right. And then also too, like aside from I think it was last season that the Bulls snapped that Joel Embiid losing streak. But yeah, I wouldn't finally. be surprised if they start that right back up, you know. So I'm not too locked in and certain about that one. Then they have Wednesday against the L.A. Lakers here in Chicago. So this will be the first game back from that road trip. And depending on who's available to go, obviously. Yeah, because LeBron didn't play yesterday. No. Um, yeah. No. So maybe even Davis doesn't play. Like, depending on who's available for the Lakers, this could be an easy victory. But then also, too. The Lakers are a bit inconsistent, and they do tend to give up some games. So that is a winnable game. And, yeah, game. they just went all out to win the uh, the first uh, in-season NBA Cup. So, you know, they may have a bit of a kind of let go of the rope for a little while and cruise. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it tends to happen. Uh, so that's a winnable game. I think they're going to lose for sure against the Sixers. So hopefully they pick up one of these wins against the Miami Heat. Uh, after that, they got the San Antonio Spurs on the 21st on Thursday next week. They Man, they got to win that game. I know they got to win that one. That's but the one. last one went, you know, was a lot closer than than uh, you would have hoped. And uh, 
you know, Wembenyama's really playing a lot better. They're playing him a little bit more mm-hmm. close to the basket and a lot more at the five finally. So, you know, fingers crossed they continue to struggle because they're on like some, you know, they're on an on a epic losing streak along with the Pistons right now. But it's a race to the better. bottom between yeah. the Spurs and the Pistons, to be honest with you. Yeah, so they, um, they can't lose that. Hopefully they don't. The game that I feel like I'm not too confident in is on Dece- uh, December 23rd, Saturday. They faced the Cleveland Cavaliers here in Chicago. Obviously, the Cavaliers had the Bulls number last season. Yeah. This is still, again, not a team that you can take lightly despite their uncertainty as well. So we'll see how things look. At that point, obviously, it would be what eight game eight, eight days removed from the December fifteenth uh, threshold for uh, free agents to be traded that signed this off season. So maybe the Bulls roster looks a little bit different. So I'm not confident about that matchup with the Cavs. I think that's a no. Yeah, that, sure. that's going to be like I said. It's a tough schedule coming up, and again, we we can't just judge them based on the past six games. Based on the entire season, Bulls are not good. No. So you know, no. um, any game is tough for them right now, and especially with the, with teams like Philly, Cleveland, and LA coming in. Yeah. Then following Cleveland, they have uh, the Atlanta Hawks the day after Christmas on the twenty sixth on Tuesday here at home. That one could be doable. And it's another up and down team like Chicago, yeah. you know, um, unlike unlike us, I think they started out better, but then they've been up and down inconsistent since then. Trey, Trey uh, has not been shooting great, uh, but, you know, they do. They do still. They're better than the Bulls in the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a lot of talent. Quinn Snyder is a great coach also. So just like the Bulls, you know, it's not like that's a walk, you know, no. you, you just walk over them. No. It's going to be a team that you don't really know who you're going to face until the game starts. So we'll see. Exactly. Then uh, the second to last game at the end of the month is going to be on December the 28th on Thursday against the Indiana Pacers once again at home. So they're going to actually go on a bit of a home stretch. Actually, when, once after their game against Philadelphia uh, in Philly, they're going to come back on the 20th on Wednesday against the Lakers and they're going to be playing at home the rest of the way there until the end of the year. So they actually won't be playing another game on the road until after the new year on the second. Yeah. Unfortunately the previous home stretch they had like this was against much worse competition and they did not do well at all. So, you know, very true. No no guarantees, but at least nothing is guaranteed since they're playing better. You hope that it has a better result. But again, the problem is better teams this time, right? Yeah. Lakers and and uh, uh, Cavs and who, who's the, who's the opponent at the end of the year? Uh, oh, Atlanta. That's right, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is the twenty sixth. Then they have the Indiana Pacers on the twenty eighth. There we the, go, Indiana second. team. Yeah, another they, a, a team that was in the in season tournament finals in for the, the final. NBA. Yeah, with Tyrese Halliburton just absolutely dominating. Dude, yeah. he's he's again, man. Like, yeah, we could have had Tyrese Halliburton. Instead I know, of man. Patrick Williams, man. That that's a tough draft. But you know, speaking of Patrick. So just since, since his name came up here, he's been playing a lot better. Now, I would have said at the beginning of the year when he wasn't playing a lot better and people were like, well, he's a bu-. he's not a bust. No, he's just not a star. And what I, I hope people get kind of understand is look at what he's been right. Like at 22, 23, he is a especially when you look at the advanced number breakdowns, mm-hmm. like the, the way that they break it down as to how players 
uh, do when guarded by a specific player. He's among the the league's best uh, perimeter defenders. He yeah. he does have his miscues. He he misses some help assignments and rotations. Doesn't do them properly sometimes. But he's a really good defender. Um, and he's an amazing three point shooter. Spot up three point shooter. Catch and shoot. Yeah. Like just phenomenal. And that's that's a three and D wing with size. So if if Patrick Williams gets no better in terms of his skill set, mm-hmm. like if he if he's not able to attack the basket and, or rebound or do anything else, he's still a extreme an extremely valuable player going yeah. forward. Because you have to think, as he gets older, if his skills other skills don't improve, what mm-hmm. will improve is his kind of like court awareness situational awareness his knowledge of opponents his knowledge of positioning his knowledge of like you know of the game that veterans get as as you age and that means his defense will improve and his his offensive like ability to 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 know where to be in the right spot uh all of that will improve his rotations his cuts so even if his skills don't improve his his mind, his knowledge of the game will improve. And yeah. You take the skills that he already has right now. If he doesn't improve them one iota going forward, that's a very very valuable player. That's like OG Ananobi, basically. You know. I mean, if he turns out to be OG Ananobi at this point, I think that I, that's a huge win. And I think I think people aren't realizing that because he's on track to be OG Ananobi right now. Like that's how good his defense at twenty two and his three point shooting is better than Ananobi's was. The thing that I think always has hindered him is him being such a high lottery pick, and then seeing guys that went later in that draft like Halliburton and Maxi go on to be. Right. That top four level, but that's talent. the thing. It's 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 year four, man. That stuff is over with. It's gone. Yeah. It's done with. Like, yeah. look at you. Got to look at the player you have. And do you now get rid of Patrick Williams because he's not a star, or do you? I don't think so. I don't think so because, dude, even if they go on a full on rebuild or a retool with the Zach Levine trade, Patrick Williams is one of those kind of guys that you kind of have to go ahead and fork over the money and invest and see what you have here because we've seen too many guys leave Chicago recently and then become better players. Well, that's my point. I don't even need him to be a better player. I just need him to be a better version of what he is. If he's just that, he's worth five years, 110 million. I'll tell you that right now in the new, in the new CBA, that's what he's, that's a good value for him. That'll cover him through age 27. Mm-hmm. His 20, age 27 season. And That'd be that his will, prime. yeah, that'll be his prime. His, his awareness will grow again. I don't, that's if he doesn't become like somebody who can attack you off the dribble and run pick and roll and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. He I don't see that from him at the moment. I don't either, man. You know what I, I actually want? Everybody's cry, been crying for him to get the ball and you know, Oh, you got, you got to trade Demar and Zach. So Pat has the ball in his hands and I don't want the ball in his hands, man. Have you seen nah. him dribble? He's awful. Have you seen him attack the basket? He loses the ball on the way up. Like he can't finish over in traffic or over bigger guys. He doesn't have that sort of finishing ability. A lot of times he bobbles the ball or he gets easily, easily blocked. Like he can attack the basket on a closeout and finish, you know, because there's nobody there or over one guy. He can't finish in traffic. He can't finish over multiple people. I need him to work. Forget about his on-ball offense. I need him to continuously work on his off-ball offense. Cut into the basket, That's crashing it. the glass, going up for second, third efforts on the offensive and defensive. Continue glass. to shoot, catch and shoot. Look, man, that's the thing he's proven he is good at. He did improve that from year one. Catch and shoot on the three, the yeah. three-pointer. 
do going it more, into this season, do it better. That's he what was I the want. Bulls' best three point shooter going into he's this been season. The, last year. He was the Bulls' best. He was like 42, 44 percent. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. It was better than Zach, I think. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's also because percentage Zach's... wise, percentage wise. Yeah, right. yeah, percentage. His wise. threes aren't as tough as Zach's, but yeah, Zach makes them tougher than they need to be. Let's be honest with <laughs> you. Come on. Well, right. at least Zach can make the tough ones. You know, that's I, I don't Sometimes. want. I don't Sometimes. really want Patrick Williams taking the type of threes Zach no. has. I don't think he'd no. have forty plus percent. hundred percent not. Uh, all right, man. So let's we talked about the trade destinations for Zach Levine. We'll pivot on over to a six star pick and do some tra- Zach Levine trade destinations. Six, 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 all right, man. So right here, the first one that you kind of have to get out of the way is the Miami Heat trade because that's one of the two likely destinations that he's preferred, and a lot of teams have been getting him there. The Miami Heat missed out on so many star players. We talked about it before on on Straight Talk, where they needed to capitalize on someone, and they still could. They The last one was Dame. Zach Levine yeah. could be that guy, and it's more or less the same trade package that it was for Dame. Except I think the Bulls are going to have to add a little bit more to entice them. So right here it would be, this is my preferred trade version of the trade. I would want Tyler Hero. I think he has to be included in the trade because it's either Tyler Hero or Kyle Lowry. And I don't want Kyle Lowry on this team. Especially because I think that would just take the ball out of Kobe's hands. And we don't need a point guard. And then also Miami, if they cherry Kyle Lowry, they don't have a point guard. So they need a point guard. So Tyler Hero would be the main focus point here. Duncan Robinson to make the rest of the money work out. And then the main prize here is Jaime Hawkins Jr. I want the sole Mexican in the NBA to be on my team, goddammit. And then I think you can throw in the late for, uh, uh, a 20. I, I have 2027 first round pick, but it could be honestly any first round pick that they were going to throw in. So instead of uh, two first round picks, I think you get one young prospect in Jaime Hawkins Jr., you get the first round pick. You get some cap salary and Duncan Robinson. There, he's still got three years on his contract. Bro, I gotta tell you, there's zero chance of this one. Like Jaime Hawkes and the first round pick alone, mm-hmm. the Heat would deem this too much for Levine. Dylan Terry is. Uh, I'm not commenting on him as a human being or even as a basketball player, but he's worthless in this trade. Like the Heat. No, 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 no. Value. He's. I'm just throwing him in there because I don't. Want no, no. Him I'm saying team. from the Heat's perspective, so that's why I'm not gonna for for the for the viewers or the listeners. I'm I'm not gonna. That's not in. What we could do. What we could but do Levine, here. Levine alone, the Heat will not give you Hakez and a pick. No, you know for Levine. No, but I I think that's what you have to try to go for. Sure, you you may. I mean, I I, I just threw I, in if, like I said. I, I, I like I like the idea in the terms of like. All all current heat trade offers that like are discussed in the media, I mm-hmm. like they're they're not they're non-starters for me from the Bulls perspective. They're they don't provide any real value for the Bulls. Right. They're, they're all like Lowry and Robinson and a pick, or yeah, like Hero and Robinson and no picks. And I, I like there is just no upside, no no value to me for that. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Uh, in terms here though, like okay. Let's let's look at what the Bulls are getting back here. You get Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkins in the first. Assuming, well, they do shake... it in a heartbeat, yeah. Just because, like, yeah, Hawkins in the first and Hero, because you can still flip Hero if he doesn't fit with you later mm-hmm. on, or he okay. can, you know, he'd be great playing off of Kobe, catching and shooting. Yeah. Uh, let's 
on the fly tweak this trade a bit. Let's throw in uh let's throw in uh fuck, why am I trying to blank on his name? Javon Carter. Throw in Javon Carter in there. I think Miami would be more incised that way. You you could take out Dalen Terry or you can leave him in there as a depending on what they want. <laughs> yeah. I want to throw in Dalen Terry. No, in I'm saying depending trade. on if the Heat want him or not. Like, yeah, you could throw him in. Or they take could him throw out. him in yeah. as a body yeah. for a future trade. You know, someone's going to take a flyer on him. If anyone can turn Dalen Terry around, it might be Miami. But I think Javon Carter kind of fits a role for them because they need someone to kind of fit that Gabe's that uh, the Gabe Vincent route uh, role that they had in the finals. They need that guy because they can't. They can't just rely on Kyle Lowry to be their sole point guard. So they're yeah. going to need some ball handling. And I think Javon Carter is going to fit perfectly in Miami. So, yeah, let's tweak that a little bit. Let's say the trade is Zach Levine, Javon Carter. Take Dalen Terry out if you want, or you can throw him in there. It doesn't really matter. But the main core back would be Zach Levine, Javon Carter for uh, a 20s-whatever first-round pick. Jaime Hackers Jr. Would Duncan you do Robinson. it if they did that, if they did this without the pick? Because that's what I think the best that I think the Heat would do is to do this trade without the pick. I would do the trade, but I wouldn't include Javon Carter. I if think I don't they wouldn't the... do it then. I think it, it would have to be Levine and J- and Carter <coughs> going there. Let me ask um, you another. Let, let me yeah. ask you. Let me ask you a different one. Take out Jaime Hawkins Jr. and replace him with Gabe Vincent. I mean, Gabe not Gabe Vincent. Vincent uh, <laughs> Caleb Martin. Sorry. Okay. You get Caleb Martin. Yeah, I think he, I think the the Heat would be more likely to do that for sure. All right, all right. You know, we we got some wiggle room here. We 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 went somewhere. Uh, Bosch, yeah. do you do you got a, a trade you want to throw out there? You wanted me. You want me to keep going, and then we'll finish off with you. Uh, you know what? Um, here I, I'll throw you. I'll, okay, I don't have a full trade worked out, but I have one destination. We'll, we can start with. Okay. How about? What would you think of trading Zach Levine? Okay. In a package, and let's determine the, the the surrounding assets in a minute here, as I as I think about it a little, and getting back Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know if they do it, but well, let's... because Minnesota, okay, would they have a crunch coming up, you know, with with their payroll? Um, yes, they're just simply not going to be able to to keep now that they're actually good this year, the way we were kind of thinking they would be last year. Mm-hmm. And they're actually good this year with the with the league's number one defense. Cat right. um, has is is still a great offensive player. He's kind of superfluous there. Uh, Anthony Edwards is the superstar now uh, with the ball in his hands at the end of games. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert is the defensive anchor, and then they've got you know their assortment of of glue guys and defenders ar- and shooters around them. Um, so and and they also have another big in in uh, Nas Reed. So love Nasri. Yeah, then so do they. So and they're gonna need to get off of a contract. Obviously, the one that they would get off of, well, probably at this point, I you would have said Gobert last year, but at this point it might not even be Gobert. And the one that they can realistically get off of and want to would be Carl Anthony Towns. So can't let's see. He's got so sending five Zach years. back to Minnesota <laughs> and to, like redoing the Butler trade and taking Cat instead, basically. They're gonna have to throw in uh, another piece in there, so you're gonna have to throw in someone like a Shake Milton to make or like a Nikhil Alexander Walker to make the money work, or even a Tro- Troy Brown Jr. bring bring yeah. him to Chicago. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, that's why I said you, you'd have to kind of think about the the little edge pieces. They uh-huh. wouldn't want to throw in anyone super important to their roster i think because 
they from their perspective they probably view Levine's contract about the same as as Cats. Yeah. Both have like you know uh, about four years or so going forward at, at the max. So I, you know I what? Think, uh, yeah. Okay, so I think you have to throw in something else to kind of because they're going to be losing some size. So what the, they're losing, they have Gobert and Nas Reed. They don't really need to replace Cat's size. No, no. In terms of like, I think they still need a front court guy. Maybe I don't know. Okay, so let's. So I'm doing this trade as Shake Milton and uh, and and, uh, and Cat going over to Chicago for. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to throw something out there that like hasn't really been talked about, or or you know, we don't want to we don't want to rehash the same tired you know trades that everybody keeps talking about uh, nah. in the media. So, plus these are mostly kind of like where we'd like to see them go. Yeah, I think that would be interesting because again, in Minnesota, like, I thought he, about it too, but I just I couldn't think about like I don't know me personally. It'd be I funny with it, him going back there again, you know, yeah. after all this. But you know, you I like have I like Cat. I like I like Carl Anthony Towns. I would want him yeah. on the Bulls. I think the only issue with that trade is I think you need to go ahead and do a Vooch trade after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, at some point. I mean, uh, until then, I would say the Bulls would be more about like building their next team. So for the rest of the year, I wouldn't even care if they did the the Gobert Cat thing with with Vooch and Towns, except having two bigs who can't play defense. So. <laughs> you know, instead of one one defense, one defender, one offensive player, but um, it, it's interesting. I would, I'm gonna throw you a little a little option here. Okay. If because that this would still saddle Minnesota with a lot of salary going forward, so I don't know if it would actually get them out of their their upcoming cap issues, which is mm-hmm. what what their main concern is going to be in trying to keep their now all of a sudden good team together. You know, in the next few years. So if they really want to solve their cap issues, what if we traded them Demar? Ooh. We gave them Demar and I don't know Terry or something else. And I don't it, think it's enough for Carl Anthony Towns. Except that Minnesota's got to get off that contract, and there's not that many places they can do that. I don't. At least I, this way, they get Demar think... for a year at an expiring contract, and maybe they can re-sign him at a much lower salary than Carl Anthony. Towns. No, because there's no guarantee that you'd be able to re-sign him, and you're giving up Carl Anthony Towns just to re-sign with the hope that you could re-sign. Do you think uh, so? Like two years ago, this would be a no-brainer, like the answer to this question. But do you think there are better packages? Like there are good packages, not better. Let's just say any good packages out there from Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns. Trade? I think they can do better than Demar and an expiring yes. From who? Not the Knicks. <laughs> not going to Thibodeau. You know. I think they swap him for Randall. I think they'd rather okay. swap him for Randall than trade for Demar. That that would be interesting. I I was thinking the same thing. I just don't know if he would, if either him or Thibodeau want to play. You know, want that partnership rekindled. So I don't know, man. We'll we'll see, honestly. But uh, we'll we'll leave Cat for now, and yeah, let, let's yeah. let's circle back to Levine. Let's go to to an, another trade I got here, and this is just me for personal preference. <laughs> back to Sacramento again. We're going to Sacramento because obviously there were a team that were interested in him. I think him in the backcourt with De'Aaron Fox would be very dynamic, and he could play very well off of Sabonis. The big contracts here is that you have to do a combination of Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, and Malik Monk. I don't think you get rid of Malik Monk. They wouldn't. Yeah, Monk, they wouldn't do. You're right. No. So I think 
you know, you don't really need Kevin Herter because that Zach Levine's going to get all That's the Kevin Herter me- yeah. minutes. Although Kevin Herter's been, man, he's been good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then you have Harrison Barnes, who, yes, even though you would want him on the team, I think you, you have to include him for salary purposes. And his effectiveness has been like going down. He's aging. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes Plus, sense. Plus, I've been wanting Harrison Barnes on the Bulls since, As have I. Yeah. since what, 2009, maybe 2011? I, I can't even remember. I, I I I really wanted them to trade thing for Harrison Barnes, but you know, it it is what it is. Uh, then obviously the big catch here would be Davian uh, Davion Mitchell. He's out of the currently out of the rotation. He could be a guy that defensively could work well with Kobe White. So it, especially if you're doing a rebuild, more of a retool or just reshuffling the deck, he could be a piece here. Obviously, I have a first round pick here. This isn't what I think you get back because I think that's a bit too much for for the, the Sacramento Kings to say yes to. Right. Obviously, Dayton Terry is also involved going to Sacramento because I'm trying to get him out, out of Chicago. <laughs> so you're going to see a trend I like here. the kid, man. He, let him, let him I like the, the kid. The I like the kid, but he does nothing for this team, man. No, get him he the doesn't. fuck out. Get no, him the fuck out he's of a here. Good, he's a good uh, John Sally, man. He's a good uh, cheerleader on the bench. All right. So Jack let me Haley? post this. Jack Haley. Me... Jack Haley. Yeah, that's a good one. Let me pose this question to you. Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell, maybe a first-round pick, maybe not a pick included. Do you think – who says no here? Do you think the Bulls take this? Do you think the Kings take this? I think it's a, good, it's a good deal. I think the Kings say no um, for the reasons you already said. Like it's a lot for them to give up. Um, giving up Herter and Barnes and a pick along with it. Is I think they be... do it like again, kind of going back to Miami. What if you include someone like a Javon Carter, someone who hasn't really been fitting the rotation for the Bulls, could fit in a better situation? I keep forgetting to add Javon Carter because he can't be traded until after December fifteenth. But obviously, right. that won't be an issue. Yeah, when you con- con- yeah. yeah, when you construct these trades. But but yeah, let, let let's say it's Zach and Javon for Davion Mitchell, Kevin Davion Mitchell, who by the way is out of the rotation. Yeah, Mitchell's Kevin, not going to be the problem here. I see the problem as giving up a pick along with Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. If you yeah. took the pick out, I think uh this could happen. If you took maybe Kevin Herter out and left the pick in. No, you kind of you need both Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes to make the money work. I'm just thinking else. from like a uh like asset play yeah. for Sacramento's perspective. Mm-hmm. If you were to somehow get that salary another way, what if probably what, do that? Yeah. What What if it was Harrison Barnes, Herder, and the pick without it being Davion Mitchell? Is Davion Mitchell at all a hang up? No, because his salary is so low, and uh, from what I remember, it, it, I don't think it goes beyond next year. So I, I don't think it's that big a deal either way. Um, again, yeah. like you said, he's okay. out of the rotation in Sacramento. His offense has been, you know, just so unworkable that mm-hmm. you know he's not. Like you said, on a young team, okay, we take a flyer on on pairing him with Kobe. Maybe it'll come around, but he, you know, it's not like a enticing prospect for for anyone to take on. It's no. also not like something that the Sacramento Kings need to get rid of. This this trade is more or less just going based off what the Kings are. Like I feel like they need more offensive punch. Unfortunately, I feel like they need something because yeah. they're they're not the same team obviously like everyone's ready for them there's no like surprise factor anymore with right. the Kings roster and they've been long interested in Zach Levine. Zach Levine has also added the Sacramento Kings and the San Antonio Spurs as two ideal situations that he'd be open to being traded to. Oh, I hadn't heard that. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So initially, the first two trade destinations was Miami and Los Angeles. Then later on, there were reports that San Antonio and Sacramento were two teams that he also was willing to be traded to. And then he doesn't want to be a Nick, so he said, "Don't trade me to the fucking Knicks." Again, these this is all probably more about Thibodeau. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, there's a lot of speculation. I will say, uh, you know, Zach had when when they announced that he was going to be out. Uh, which came after that last win they had uh, in the mm-hmm. winning streak, I believe. And he waited till the next day because he didn't want to take away, you know, uh, till after all the post game stuff was done. He didn't want to take away from the fact that the the Bulls had been winning. Right. Then they announced he's going to be out, and we really cast a side eye at it. Like, is this a actual foot injury, like, or is this right. just like, oh, this is a injury so that we can hold him out until you know trade. The, it's a trade is because but- one speculation out there, dude, is that they already have a trade in place, and right? Just and this waiting. would enable them to, yeah, actually yeah, kill time yeah. until then. Exactly. Well, here and he did say, like, he's like, hey, you know, the reports that came out, like, th- those are just leaks. There, the, 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 you know, what was said wasn't said like that. I do believe him because I think what happened, in my opinion, based on the reporting and and the history of what's been happening here the last two years, mm-hmm. is. He's been in trade rumors this whole offseason. We were actually surprised, and but the Bulls talked about him. It went into the media with several teams. They talked about trading him, yeah. you know, in the offseason. Uh, so you, it's not like the Bulls weren't considering trading him. They they did, and then they denied it last year at the trade deadline, yeah. and then they definitely did again this year in the offseason and didn't deny it. Mm-hmm. So I think what changed was Zach was saw the team wasn't going anywhere. He was kind of sick of this all this whole run here and and being in trade rumors all the time and said, "Okay, if you do want to trade me, you know, I'm open to it." Which is different from saying trade me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there's a distinction yeah. there. Zach, I don't think this was an outright trade request. No, it was a if you want to trade me, we'll work, I'll work with you. Here are some teams I'd prefer to go to. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is very different. And I, and I I don't really like the way that it's painted all on Zach. Like Zach Zach's asking out. First of all, like the Bulls sucked when Zach asked out, you know, so mm-hmm. really wouldn't blame him if, if he had, but he didn't like they've been trying to trade him for a year and a half already. Yeah. So it, it just, uh, you know, just a little clarification on, on the situation in my. Yeah, uh, dude, from my uh, let's let's move on. Do you, you got another trade destination you'd like to see Zach land in? You know, sure, there's a lot of trade destinations. But look at these packages we're getting back where everything you propose, I feel like the other team wouldn't even give up. Mm-hmm. And in the end, yeah, I mean, in the end, like if we got the packages you proposed, it'd be good. The mm-hmm. problem here is I don't think there is a chance in hell those other teams give us those packages. The packages that have been like speculated in the media don't even approach this sort of value. So right. in my opinion, the place I would like to see Zach Levine end up is Chicago. Now, if you've heard us podcast before, yeah, you probably feel like I'm a biased Zach Levine fan. I do like Zach Levine. I did want him in the draft. I was happy they traded for him. But that's not my point here. My point is from asset management. The same way I was talking about Patrick Williams. Would I give him a max contract, Patrick Williams? No. Mm-hmm. But I would pay him five years and 110 mil right now because I yeah. think that's what he's shown. And if you have that player on your team for the next five years – that's not only uh, uh, helps you build a more complete team, mm-hmm. but if your rebuild isn't working out, that will be a valuable contract to flip. Similarly, I think Zach Levine is way better than he's being valued right now. Seeing yeah, as to how Kobe 100%. White 
right? Yeah. And seeing as to how Kobe White's been playing, I think Zach, who is on the bench, is involved with his teammates and is, you know, enthused and into the games and all of that. I think he'd be a lot more willing to buy in more, you know, into this when he comes back. If he was to play again on the court, I think he would have fun playing with Kobe White, who he likes, you know, who, who he has a friendship with and he, he seems genuinely happy for. I think he would have fun playing this style of basketball. Now that the Bulls show that it's not, it's not hopeless, you know, that it's actually yeah. hopeful. And regardless of whether he does or not, if the packages we're getting back are not the type of packages that you've been proposing. Yeah, don't do it. Don't right. do it. Just don't bother. Like we'll get a you better got, deal next year. You got you got four years. Like I don't know if it includes this year or not. Yeah, it does include this year. But you'll get a you you have another opportunity at the at the draft to yeah. make make other moves. See yeah. how this look. I don't personally. Well, let's have this conversation now. I don't personally believe that he's going to stay with the team at the end of the season. I'm not even so sure that we see him step on the Bulls a basketball court as a Chicago Bull again this season. Same. I, the injury I, news certainly makes it seem like that's probably not going to happen. But yeah, yeah, it it feels like honestly they might already have something in place, and and the t- other teams like okay, just don't play Zach. I don't want him to get injured. We'll do right. this once we're able to get it done, right? My fear is whatever they have worked out is doesn't approach the type Pennies of trades dollar. proposed. Pennies on the dollar, exactly. It's the a type of, you... or it's a type of like pathetic trades, or 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 where we're getting back like mid-level veterans, mm-hmm. no young players, no draft picks, but players to like help the Bulls make the freaking play-in tournament again this year. Like that yeah. is not what I want. Like. What you need out of the Zach Levine trade, and I don't think you can get all of it, but if you can, I say do it. First and foremost, you need to get at least one first round pick. Yeah. I think that's a must. You need you to have get to, one. You need to get at least one. At least. At least one. By the way, no. well, just well, as you continue, just try to keep that in mind, your point, because I want to come back to it. Just based on your point number one there, at least one draft pick. Let's go back and if you want to know why the reason rebuilds like Oklahoma City are successful is because they don't just have their own draft pick. They have the multiple draft picks they accumulated yes. from places like L.A. and Houston and elsewhere. They they flipped, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking on other teams, bad contracts in return for first round picks. You need multiple first round picks in each draft. And the Bulls currently have are a negative on their own picks. They, they have one fewer of their own picks than they should have. So yes, like like you just said, Vince, we need at least one pick, one first-round, good first-round pick coming back. Yeah, so that's one, right? Number two, you need to have some young player, some young prospect. doesn't have to be an up-and-coming guy. It could be, like I like I mentioned, it could be someone like a Tyler Hero. Uh, Kevin like, Herter, like you Kevin have there. Her- yeah, I was not exactly Kevin- a young prospect, but... I consider more Davion Mitchell to be more of a younger prospect because you can still see. Cause... Well, you know, between Kevin Kevin Herter and Davion Mitchell, we've got both young and prospect covered. So yeah. one's young and one's a prospect. So. Oh, my God. I, I'm taking it you're not a big Davion Mitchell guy. I'm just like – I'm just saying he's not I, – I, I like his defense. I'm just – he's not valuable in the NBA right now as an asset. That's all we'll I'm see. saying. I all wouldn't right. mind taking a shot on him. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I'm just saying he's not positive value in a trade to me. Okay. So him, you need someone like a Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, and you need salary cap filler, obviously, because you need to like fill out like match salaries with Zach Levine. And that's that like go, let's go back slightly to the, my 
the Miami Heat trade. You get that with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jaime Hackett Jr., first round pick. You, you. Well, give quick them... question, uh, yes. Vince, because one of the things that you might have to do in a Zach trade that will get you a first round pick and a young player is take on another team's unwanted large contract. Isn't so that what Duncan if... Robinson? No, that not. I mean, sort of. 18 but, I mean, years, large. 18 million for three years. Yeah, but Zach is 40 mil. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not about the money. I'm saying to get in order for them to give you an asset and a young player. Yeah. Right. They, they want to give up a significant amount of salary. So I think what if they said, oh, it's Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkins. In a first, now you get Jaime Hawkins in a first round pick. But instead of Tyler Hero, you have to take Kyle Lowry. Hmm. That's an option. Firing, you know. I, I might be willing to do that. However, I don't see what's the whole point of doing that trade if you're losing out on your sole point guard on the No, I, I don't think Miami's worried about no, that. No, Jimmy no. No, I, I consider yeah. that as well. But in terms of like the best return package, I think it would be Hero, Duncan, and Jaime. No, no, of course. But in, I'm saying like we, we just talked about. You said yeah, who points so far. Yeah, if you have yeah. to get a pick and a, and a, and a young yeah. prospect, the way to do that, might you might have to do something like that. All right, and let's... I would rather do that than the type of like trades. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but where they were proposing, you know, other mid career veterans in, yeah. instead that would like help us make the play in. I'd yeah. rather take on a bad contract and get a prospect and a pick. Yeah, same here. I think you're 100%. So let's move on to what else I got over here. Uh, here here's, here's one option. I think Hell that's yeah. similar. To what you're proposing, Zach Levine straight up for Chris Paul and a first round pick and Jonathan Kaminga. If you can also get Moses Moses Moody, you get Moses Moody onto the team. But if not, I'd be perfectly fine just doing Kaminga and Chris Paul plus a first. I would do this in a heartbeat. Uh, There's no way Golden State does that. I think again, if this is the type of trade package we were getting, I think Zach, like I would be, I would be in for a Zach trade. Yeah. But I don't think this is the type of package that we're getting. At least they'd not be, they'd be flipping Jordan Poole to Chris uh, into Zach Levine. They, no, they 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 wouldn't. They'd be flipping Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Moody, and a first into Zach Levine. Kaminga and Moody aren't really big. Kaminga's a starter right now, especially Draymond's. God knows what his career is at. That, that's, Kaminga's that's, been that's playing. Draymond. No, Kaminga's been playing well. He's been playing yeah. in the, at the end of games for them. In fact, Kaminga and Moody have been more productive than than Clay and Wiggins. Fair point. That I mean, Clay Obviously, didn't play at the end of game last game because these okay. Guys were let me let me throw this at you. What if it was Clay Thompson? How bad he's playing? One of these young guys and a first. Do you think they still do that? You mean Golden State? Yeah, either or. I, so I think yeah, I, I I would do it. I think the Bulls would do it. I think Golden State would want to do it, but they're not going to trade. They Clay. wouldn't do it. Yeah, they they're not going it. to trade Clay. So that's why. So yeah. I don't want Wiggins. I don't want Clay. The guy I want is Chris Paul because there's less years on the contract, obviously. But I think he's going to be a good point guard to play alongside Kobe. Kobe can slide over to the two. He can still facilitate while Chris Paul is on the bench. And they have a relationship. From they have Kobe an established younger, yeah. relationship. And he's all... And, he no, had I would be in. Chris Paul has played for Billy Donovan on a yeah, team with yeah. young players before and helped him bring it along when it was Shea I was, in Oklahoma I was City. I was just about to say that. Is that Shea and Lou Dort? Yeah. That, you'd, uh, replace, you'd replace Shea and Lou Dort with Kobe White and uh, Patrick Williams, basically. Exactly. So there you go. Like Chris, Paul I, I would do, do it, do but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think. 
Well, I know the Warriors wouldn't, and I don't think even with some slight changes, I still don't think that they would. But I think they would do it if you throw in Caruso, but the Bulls aren't training Caruso. I'm, I'm so this, this was right your now. last. This was your last pick of your six stars of your. I mean, your, what I mean, you? you don't have any more Zach trade. So oh well, you... I got one more pick though, and that's this one. Except with Caruso thrown in, as you just said, it's Listen, not just sir, this one. Caruso last, is not being traded, man. My last destination here, and this is something finally we agree a little too much. We can, we can, we can finally have some conflict on this show. Yeah, uh, Alex Caruso, man. That's my my Zach Levine trade is you sub Zach out of the trade and you sub Alex Caruso in. Alex Caruso is an often injured 29-year-old who is having a career year offensively, who has not approached this sort of offensive production before, who has extreme value to a playoff contender. And yes, he has extreme value to every team, including the Bulls, but has more impact for a team that's in the playoffs going to con- compete for a championship than any other type of team. If you need to replenish assets, this is the type of asset you need to trade. Like, so my last trade I'm going to mention right now is Alex Caruso too. Here are the teams that are both willing. You know what? I'm not even, let's take Abel out of it. Here are the teams that would talk to you right now for a trade. The Sacramento Kings the Golden State Warriors, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, half the league, half the league, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. I mean, taking the ability to trade out for out of it, like all of those teams would, would, would start calling you. If you throw in the ability to trade, now you're playing these teams off each other, because just like we talked about at last year's trade deadline, you can say to uh, a Golden State, Hey, you don't want to give me, you know, uh, Moody and who's who's the young dude that they just got who's playing? Paj- I forget how to say his name, Pajemski or something, whatever. I, like, I can't recall. Pajemski, whatever his name is, man. Uh, white dude number three or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, Moody and a pick. Oh, you don't that that's too much for a role player. That's okay. We'll trade him to Denver. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about facing that in the playoffs? Um, you know, like Denver's package is similar to yours. Well, we'd rather give him to Denver and you will be guaranteed to lose to them. You know, when he's like locking up Steph Curry and everybody else is just running roughshod yeah. over your team. But same thing with Philly. Philly, you know, sure, you have a lower, much lower kind of uh, impact Alice Caruso and DeAnthony Melton already. But would you rather we trade Alice Caruso to Milwaukee for their scrap? And then you have no shot of getting by them, you know, as he locks up Maxi. Like, mm-hmm. no, you, you want to you want Alex Caruso and you definitely don't want to face Alex Caruso. You can get max assets for Alex Caruso. His contract is nine million dollars. So that means that other teams don't have to include a high price player. You don't have to take back a bad contract. And you're not limited because the other team doesn't want to give up one of its good players. They can easily make salaries match to get to Alex Caruso's number. So that should make him more valuable. They have him for this year and next year. He is a he 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 fits on every team and he's a playoff like he's like a supercharger. He's like you know pouring nitrous, yeah. turning on the NAS. It's insane. I'm a I'm a you talking about turning on the NAS. I'm a pour some cold water on your trades uh with uh, with Alex Caruso. You're 100% right. He's the most enticing tra- system, man. <laughs> He's the most enticing and highest value trade piece that the Chicago Bulls currently have. However, and I'm going to say this right now, if you can't get two first round picks and another guy for him, then you don't fucking do it. 
uh, either two first to me, two first round picks or a first round pick and a good young player. No, no, it has to be two. Dude, if it's Kaminga and a pick, no, man, you listen to me. This is the only asset no. you have that you can help you rebuild. This guy will not like he will not be on the next contending Bulls team. Because that contending Bulls no, team is he, not going to happen probably, for three to four he, years. He more than likely isn't going to be on that next Chicago Bulls contending team. However, I will say this, and I'm going to stress it more than often than not, is that you're if you're selling him, like, okay, cool, I'm getting something for him. No. Not be, something. Two somethings. All right? I'm no, not no, no. Just it has to be three or four somethings. No, for that's you to, insane, man. He's, again, exactly, he's a role player you just who's 29. Said, Bosh, you just said half the league basically wants him. You yes, up but, this value as much as you possibly can. Okay, but and if, if you half the league can get also this trade, absurd, if you can't get this absurd return, it is absurd to get. It is absurd to get a young prospect and a first round pick for a role player who starts less than half the games that he's played in in his career and doesn't score more than ten points a game, like who doesn't play more than thirty minutes. Like that is absurd. That is absurd value. You have to take it. It is absolute absurd value, and you can get more. If you can get, I'm not saying don't try to get more. That's why I'm saying, by the way, that's why I'm saying do it now. Like start talking to teams now because that will up the pressure as the deadline approaches. You you have more time to build packages. Other players will go off the market. The teams yeah. that are in contention will get more desperate as the weaknesses of the other teams and their own team become more clear. As time if goes he on. does get traded, he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't get moved until the trade deadline. That's not happening up. unless they start talking now because you can't do this sort of like play teams off each other negotiation in a day and in, in the week of the trade. Deadline. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the trade would the trigger wouldn't be pulled on the, on the Caruso trade until the deadline. But I'm no, I agree to... because you, you're trying to maximize value. Exactly. Right? And but, value is only not going to. But I'm telling maximized. you, man, yeah. I'm telling you because. Yes, he is such a role player, but we've never seen a role player like him that can do everything he fits almost in every single playing situation and helps yeah. out almost every single contender honestly there's not a single team on the entire association that wouldn't benefit from an Alex Caruso trade especially a team like Milwaukee that needs to shore up their defense that's what I was gonna the say. there's some teams that would benefit from him way more than others and would exactly make them, yeah, and if you can benefit contenders. more than others you have to be willing to give up more than others the and problem if you're the is Chicago the teams Bulls, that need him the most like but, Milwaukee have nothing left to give up. Then that then you don't trade him there. No, no, but you can you can get a close enough package from another team. No, by, by threatening to trade him to Milwaukee. Like yes, you can yes, get you Philadelphia. Can some... Philadelphia currently has a stash of assets that they're like Daryl Morey's calculating ass is not going to want to give up for this. No, but as you approach the trade deadline and it, you clearly aren't getting, you know, you're you're not getting anybody else, and you, you your Maxi and Bead combo is working so much better than anybody thought it would without Harden up until now, and and you're still behind the Celtics and the Bucks. You're gonna need to pull the trigger at some point, and you've got this guy. By the way, their their desire is cap space. If they're not getting anybody at the trade deadline, then they'll they'll still have their cap space, but they won't have anything this year. So what you do then is, hey, you now can get Alex Caruso, and you'll still have your cap space. You can get a player who helps you for a championship run this year and still have max cap room next. In Those the are great selling points. And that's exactly what the bulls should be saying. However, unless you get two first, you need to get two first round picks and a guy. Two first I, round picks. I'm not picks saying and don't try, but I think that's insane. No, At the, if I the say, deadline comes and your best offer is one pick and one guy, fucking take don't it. Don't do it. 
You no, don't that's do insane, it. dude. No, you the, don't the Bulls do it. Will not need to be good. I'm so sick of watching mediocrity. This is how you end up with mediocrity because you value like competitive losses and competitive, you know, play in tournament games. Unfortunately, so, like, unfortunately, we've seen what this front office, Bosh, is that what they're not going to do is fucking blow it up. And- I, this isn't even blowing it up. You're, you're like, this isn't even blowing it up yet. This is a rotation player. Like, exactly. Not, you know, and he's a rotation player that everyone's coveting and they're overvaluing him. Just they, like the Toronto Raptors. You get, just like you the Toronto get, Raptors. If you get one young player and one first round pick, you now have a team that already has like a promising future with, with, with the young player. And then I you have hope in the future that you like, can make another trade with another first round pick we're or gonna have rebuild. To, we're going to have to agree and disagree here and just slightly uh, tilt over the conversation. This is why I didn't want to bring in Caruso because I knew it was going to come. That's into why this. it was my number one, one star, six star pick, man. That's why I had it right. Dude, Caruso is not being moved. I think everyone, yes, he should be moved. You should get as much value as you can for him. But I, like I'm saying, I think this is what front the front office is thinking. This is what I'm thinking right. too. Before we move on, the last thing I'll say on it on it on on this is that's the thinking that leads to us always being stuck in the middle. Sometimes you have to take a cold, hard Daryl Morey style look at your at your situation and divorce emotion. What from has Daryl Morey accomplished assets. at all? Way more than the fucking Bulls have, man. He had a team that took the goddamn Golden State Warriors to seven games. Like, no. like That's because they already had Harden. Had a 3-2 lead. They already had Harden. No, he traded for Harden. What are you talking about? They already had Harden. He traded for Harden. Okay. In Houston from OKC at a bargain deal. Exactly. A guy who was a six man and, and he saw that he's going to be a – anyway, fuck, I don't care about Daryl Morey. What I'm talking about, though, is that I, we can't have this sort of thinking. Stop, we need to, to act to take advantage what you of want, what you want to do. Team. I would love you to want... see Caruso. I would love to see Caruso play the rest of his career in Chicago. He's gonna that's he not even what this is about. Fun. That's not even what this is about. Right. I don't I don't give a fuck if they train him right now, but there has to be like I'm saying, if it's not two for two picks and a guy, I'm not fucking doing it. You can't get two picks and a guy. Well, I mean, you might be able to actually. I, I actually think you might be able to, but you can't say no if you don't. Because one pick and a guy is way more than you can get for even Zach Levine right now in the media. No. In no. reported trades. So if right you can get now, that right much for Zach for Levine, right now, Zach Levine, you kind of have to offset what you're not getting with Levine. Right now, Levine, you're going to get a guy and a pick. A guy and a no, pick. You're not. All, yeah, that's all you can get with Zach. That they're not giving you a guy and a pick. So far, no, I'm you saying don't trade in, Zach then. No, I'm I agree with you, but I'm saying right now the market value, if you're trying to improve this team and not mm-hmm. just be the number 10 seed in the 10th place Eastern Conference team every year, you know, be the Charlotte Hornets for the next 10 years, you have to start making like some assets. And if Zach Levine isn't getting you those assets, if your best player isn't gonna get you those assets because he's undervalued by the league or his in most is years, high, then you you you're you have to maximize the other way. And whatever Caruso gets you, as long as it's more value than you should have gotten for this type of player, you got to take it. Exactly. And I think for Caruso, look, you got to f- take out of the fact that he's just a role player. He This this guy is a role, the all-star of all role players. Yes, because, that's why you can get this for him. Exactly. But you got to get more. And if you can't get more than what you, I think what you're asking is still selling so low. I'm going to make this final analogy and then we'll move on because yeah, I yeah. think we spent way too much on it. 
So this like, is the most important. There's no way we spent way too much on the because I think this is the most important question facing the Bulls this year. Yeah, true. And uh, there'll be a time and place to talk more about it. But let's say like right now, I buy a brand new pair of Jordans, retail price. Then I try to resell it and maybe make a hundred dollars, two hundred dollar profit. Right? That's what you're proposing. Which that is no. Good. I'm proposing you're trying to sell those Jordans, but nobody's buying them for you from you for more than market value. But I'm willing you put to pay you more to triple what your Chuck Taylors are uh, cost you in your closet. No, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the same thing, man. No, that's the way analogy. the way the way I'm seeing it. The way I'm the way I'm seeing it. Obviously, is that you're reselling this Jordan for like maybe double value, but I'm saying you can get even more. So like, there's so many sneakers out there that are so fucking rare, and and this Alex Caruso is a fucking rare sneaker. You can get three grand for a shoe that you paid two hundred something dollars for. Bro, Alex Caruso's the Chuck Taylors man. He's a limited edition of those Chuck Taylors. That's what he is right now. You got to get the money for him because let me tell you something else. You may not know. Look at him right now. He just he he plays two games. He's out for three. The way he plays is so reckless. And necessarily so, it helps his game. That's his value. But he he can't even stay healthy. You may not even have him healthy for going forward in future years. Like this is not someone you can count on even being in the lineup every day. Like that's why you got to maximize the value now while you can. And the thing about the the Levine thing, I was saying, if you can get more for this for for Caruso than you can for Levine, that's what I'm saying. Like you, ha- that's why you have to take it because you 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 can't even. And get I that think I think I think that's where we're differing, and then that and that that's kind of where we'll end things. Is we yeah. differ on the value of Levine, and I think right now Levine, even at his current status, if you're not getting a guy in a pick for him, then you don't trade Levine. And if you and if and you just said. No, I agree with you on not trading him. But if you're getting more than that for Caruso, or you're getting that same package for Caruso, no, then... I don't. I I think you should be getting more for Caruso than you are getting for Zach at this point in time. But we you're digress. caught up in the moment, bro. You're caught up in the moment. Not even a little, man. But let's move on. I got like three more slides, and we're gonna run through here. Like I think maybe four, but just fast through it, and then we'll just get on out of here, right? So here's here's one crazy one. I don't think this is a realistic one. But, you know, there's issues with Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Flip Zach and Zion. Obviously, there was rumors. I have Larry Nance Jr. here and Andre Drummond swapping, but that's because you kind of have to match uh, match up the salaries. And I just kind of wanted to see a success thing on there. Essentially, the trade would be Zion and Levine. You have to give up a little bit more. I would kind of take that risk because it's like a high-risk, high-reward type of situation because if you can get things going with Zion, that might be a good like upside. You might end up winning that trade down the line. I, I what's funny is I had Pelicans listed right after Timberwolves is like again when we were talking about trades, we were talking more about mm-hmm. trades that we would like to see that we think are good fits rather than you know what's. I, I think the Pelicans say no to this in a heartbeat. Yeah, I do. T- well, I also wouldn't don't want to do it as the Bulls. I, I'll just put that out there right now. Zion's been, it, he's a very great talent. Mm-hmm. His conditioning and. His explosiveness, his like athleticism since his like repeated comebacks from injury has been like continuously declining. And it's what makes him special. It's the reason he was an all NBA player, um, you know, in his second season. So yeah. that that's why I, I would say no. I, I, I just you can't count on this. Like, it, it's just too like. No, it, uh, it, but you're the, right. Even the Pelicans. Next because, trades, 
because yeah. he's like their hope. He, they wouldn't count on him. Either. These next lights are literally just like. But he'd be cool. Like Zach would be Fan. cool in New Orleans. What if like the New Orleans gave you like they have a lot of young players and they have picks. What if you you take back CJ McCollum's contract and they gave no, you? No, I like, don't. I don't think. I don't think. Dude, what if do they that. give you like Murphy and and, and Herb Jones? Or, dude, I don't think. They, I don't think that would. That's be amazing. I'd do it in the heartbeat, but I don't think yeah. they, the Pelicans would do it. Well, they wouldn't do this one either. <laughs> so uh, here, here's another one. You're getting Cam Thomas as a piece. You're getting. Yeah. Like some picks, and then you're taking back Ben Simmons' contract. I think the Nets do this. I don't think I don't think do they you, give up the picks. Based on how Cam's been playing, even even last night, the other night, he he, you know, led them to a win. I think if I think if Phoenix. they want to like move into the top four, and they believe that they need to move on from that, I but think why wouldn't they just view Cam Thomas as a cheaper version of Zach Levine, a high volume shot creator? I know he doesn't have the efficiency it's Zach Levine does. It's, it's, but... it's honestly the name. It's honestly the name. Yeah. It's more or less. I would that. do it. I would do it because, like, shit, two picks, and you know, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the Nets would do it. I think they would do it if it's like Cam Thomas a pick and maybe Simmons's contract. I think they, yeah, they would do it with for Simmons's contract and two picks. I think that at this point they're actually starting to like Cam Thomas. I think they're going to keep him. He's been playing at the end of games. He's been playing well. He's uh, he actually, you know, he they've been going to him over Mikel uh Bridges at the end of games like last night. If so. if you're looking at the Brooklyn Nets. As a Chicago Bulls front office, and you're looking at guys you'd want to pick off from them, yeah. I, Cam Thomas would be the main guy. However, yeah. if you're somehow able to uh, to get Cam Johnson, oh yeah, yeah, that would, I think I, that's I would I, rather, yeah, I'd I would rather have. That. I would yeah. do that. Plus, he's friends with Kobe. Yeah, wow, bro, teammates, wow. former tom- yeah. former teammates with Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next one here. This one's not gonna happen, but <laughs> dude, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> but you swap Levine and, and Donovan Mitchell with each other, you make the cap work. The Bulls are gonna have to give up more here, obviously. Maybe you can throw in the Javon Carter, maybe a Tory Craig, because they st- still need that wing guy. But I mean, Cleveland's kind of like, oh, you know, that we might lose Donovan Mitchell, he might not resign. You swap him with Levine, you don't skip a beat. Maybe this team even plays a little bit better. Yeah. As for Chicago, they can go with Donovan Mitchell. Who knows? He might be a better. He's yeah. He is a better version of what Zach Levine is bringing this season. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think it happens. I think I think the Cavaliers say no. I think the Bulls say yes in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, same. I I don't love Donovan Mitchell's fit with Kobe, but whatever. He's you know I would take it. You can flip him later. But yeah, yeah it came to my mind for the same reason because uh, you know there's, there's all this talk about him not fitting. Not not just not fitting, but like not them not being able to keep him, him still mm-hmm. wanting to go to New York. Um, and and yeah, kind of not fitting with Garland alongside like what's you know, yeah. it, it, you'd rather have the ball at the, in the hands of Garland in some cases, in most cases, I think. So yeah, yeah I think that'd be interesting. I just don't think the Cavs would, would do this to, to no. get Zach back. And um, it's not that great for, I mean, I would do it, I guess, as the Bulls because Mitchell's better than Zach, but yeah. Um, and then you can hope to flip them down to New York later on, but you know, um, yeah, you can get some assets there. Yeah, I don't uh, love it, but I don't hate it. So that I don't know. That you works. can maybe even see a three-team trade where you see Mitchell going the, going to, the to Knicks, New York, the, yeah. Zach going to the Cavs, and then we getting the collateral, getting, the picks. Yeah. getting collateral and picks. Uh, last one here because it's the obligate uh, obligatory Lakers trade: <laughs> <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and Jalen Hood. Shafino, yeah, Shafino, and the first. Yeah, I think this is probably the most likely one, right? The one that's that's closest. This is why it's the last one. This is the last one because if he does get traded, this is probably the lock. 
And I think I, Rui would be a guy. D'Lo would be a guy. I would flip D'Lo. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want D'Lo. Like, I, I mean, I, especially now that Kobe White's come along, I, I wouldn't want uh, D'Angelo Russell like having the ball, having you know, at take the, the ball out of his hands. Yeah, taking yeah. the ball out of Kobe's hands. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is probably the most likely trade uh, that that could happen. Maybe even it already has happened, and we're just waiting on it. Um, well, this one, the actually, the reason why it's also last because it actually can't happen until, until January fifteenth. Yeah, January, 15th. which is why again the five weeks, four to five weeks, is what Zach's timeline was given as, and that that lines up with basically right around January fifteenth. So um, that's why it still could be the one that has quote, quote unquote happened, right? Um, yeah. I don't love it, man, because I, I would take like I, if you get it, fine. I guess you you play Rui, and you know he's more of a scorer than Pat, and now you can have Pat, you know, have to l- less worry about that and kind of mm-hmm. you know play his find his what his game is more. Yeah. But um, you know, asset wise, asset wise, I don't love it. I don't love it. I I, I think this is the one I at least like. Yeah, or... Rui's like not the not really a young prospect that I would want. If if I'm the Bulls. First and foremost, this conversation is starting. I want Austin Reeves. Yeah, that's, that's Le- been the talk. If, yeah. If you yeah. want Zach Levine, I want Austin Reeves. But and if you're, you're the not, Lakers, they're they're not doing it. Most no, likely. you don't do that. Yeah. However, I mean, it might be. And a they're going to count with. We want Alex Caruso. So yeah, yeah. And I don't want to do that. There's no way in hell. Like yeah. no. So I mean, we'll talk. We'll see. I mean, those yeah. are some options. I'm just spitballing here. I don't yeah. think any. I mean, there's a realistic chance that he doesn't even get traded. I mean, so. it's also a good a good chance for people to see like some alternate like oh, this is why we 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 rag on the front office so often is like we want them to like kind of expand like their their scope and be more creative because you hear like certain things in the media over and over and you hear certain targets and it's usually those teams like I want the Bulls front office to work some of these possibilities out if they're going to trade Zach and, and come up with some of these and. And expand, you know, the 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 scope of the possible destinations, and maybe that that makes one of the other teams up their offer. Or we'll see. I mean, the one thing's for sure with this front office and the Bulls organization is that they're very hush hush. You don't really hear things leaking out. Like I think that. that's because they don't do anything. I don't think they're working. That's why they're hush hush. They're quiet because nothing's happening. Yeah, probably. Uh, right now, the Bulls are actually up one eighteen to one hundred nine with forty seconds left. So it looks like they got that. For that split with the Miami Heat, best case scenario. I mean, worst case scenario, actually. So, uh, yeah, Bosh, uh, we'll say things off right here. Uh, we'll yeah. catch, you, catch you guys on the next time we talk some hoops. Peace.